Good morning. Would you like to stand with us? We're going to worship the God who's above all things, who is a great father. He's worthy of all of our praise. Would you praise him right now? Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Stratford Heights Church this morning. We have come into the presence of God. We have come to be close to Him and to be touched, to be blessed, to be ministered to by Him. Amen? Amen. It's so good to see you all. It's been such a wonderful morning already. This morning, the morning service at 9 o'clock was wonderful. Pastor preached an incredible message, and it's just been a great time for us all to be together. Have you ever felt like you were in the right place at the right time? Have you ever had that experience where you were just on purpose? Today is that day. 
Amen. Today is that day in this service. You have come into a, a place and a time where God is here. God has set it up for you to be here. It would have been easy for you to be sick this morning, the car not start, something happened, but that didn't happen. He made sure that you were here today, and he wants to speak to you. He wants to minister to your life, and God is that good that he's doing that for us. Amen? Amen. It's a good day to be in God's house. Good day for us to be together. Amen. Well, how about some good news this morning? I know the news has been full of all kinds of craziness and chaos, but I'm telling you, at one of the most craziest places, yesterday, 20 people got saved at the Middletown Jail. Is that awesome? Sometimes it takes a bad situation to get our attention. Sometimes it works that way. Also, we want you to know that this coming Saturday, at 9 a.m., this coming Saturday at 9 a.m. to 12, we're going to have a work day here at the church. There's going to be people outside cleaning flower beds. There'll be people inside doing all kinds of different work to take care of our church. We want it to look its best. We want it to be beautiful, and especially we want it to look good because here in a, just a few weeks is going to be pastor appreciation. So we definitely want to have it sparkling when we celebrate. With that said, I would like you, if you can, to turn around to two or three people around you and shake your hands and welcome them to church, because we're going to have church. Amen.
so embarrassed. I'm not used to not being able to fellowship with you. It's good to see you today. Isn't it good to be in God's house? Amen. It's good to be here. It feels good. We had a great service this morning. God is here in this second hour. And thank you for being here. And you hold the elements of communion in your hands today. I always share that this is the one thing that we get to participate in, that Jesus Christ himself, wow, have you ever thought of that? That Jesus himself, not a church, not some pastor or preacher or theologian, not even one of the apostles, Jesus himself instituted communion, the Lord's Supper. And as we hold the elements in our hands this morning, we're thankful for the gift that he's given to us to be able to remember how many of you know it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, it's by the gift that Jesus has given to us, the salvation message of Jesus Christ, the blood that was spilled at Calvary, the sacrifice, there are no other gods. Many will say, you know, that there are many ways to get to heaven, to God. My Bible tells me that there was one, one lamb, one road, one way. His name is Jesus. As we look at the scriptures concerning communion, it talks to us about not, not taking it unworthily, taking a few moments to examine our hearts and our lives. As you hold these elements, would you take just a few moments to just prepare your heart? Jesus said, as often as you drink this cup and you eat this bread, he said, remember what I've done for you. Communion is set up so that you and I will never, ever be so presumptuous to assume that we can ever do this in our own strength. It's not by our power, it's by Him. But take just a moment to examine your own heart and prayer. Prepare. And so, Lord, we come together as a congregation and thank you. We thank you that over 2,000 years ago, on that night before you were betrayed, you took a few moments to give us something that we would celebrate and we would participate in all these many, many generations later. We thank you, Lord, and we remember. We know that you're coming soon. We know that this reminds us that it's because of you, your mercy, your grace, that we have been given eternal life. We honor you today as we remember and we celebrate you. For Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. We thank you, Lord, that you left the throne of God, that you came to this earth, took on the form of the Son of Man. You became, you became a human being so that you would know us, connect with us, and live out a spotless, sinless life so that you could be the Lamb that was offered up and sacrificed for our sins. You purchased our salvation, and we honor you, Lord, and we thank you today. And after the same manner, 
Also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Hallelujah. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Because of your suffering, we have been redeemed. Though our sins be as scarlet, they now are white as snow, because we've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. We honor you today and we bless you. Would you just lift up your hands now and honor the presence of the Lord? Oh, we honor you today. We thank you, Lord. We honor you in this house. We've come together not to meet with one another, although that's wonderful. We've come together today to be in your presence, to touch and encounter you. We thank you that you're here. You said wherever two or three are gathered together in your name, there you would be in their midst. So we honor you today. We bless your holy name and we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for coming to be our Savior, for dying on Calvary's cross. For your death brings salvation to our hearts and lives. And we thank you that it didn't end there, but that you rose from the dead. You ascended to the right hand of the Father, and you have given us redemption. We honor you today and bless your holy name. And everybody together said glory, hallelujah, amen. Praise the Lord.
Do you realize what you're singing this morning? Do you honor, has that really got down inside your spirit? You've not come here today, surely, to just kind of go through the church motions. Do you realize that we're singing about a God who is great, greater than every problem, every concern, everything you are going through today, He is greater, He is bigger than any, God, there's nothing too small. Somebody needs to hear that today. There's nothing too small, there's nothing too great too mighty. God is able to do anything. And He can touch you right where you are. Why don't you lift your hands and give God the glory and the praise today in His house. He's a great big God. He's an honor. It's an honor to be here, to be in His presence. We worship you, Father God, and we magnify your name. In Jesus, we give you all the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We honor the presence of the Lord. We understand how big He is. How many of you know that God knows what's going on too? Things don't get past Him. You know, God knows what's happening and He's looking. The Bible talks about how He goes and looks. He seeks out across the earth for people that He can show Himself mighty and powerful for. How many of you today say, God, show yourself mighty through my life. Show yourself powerful through my life. Amen. I want to testify to you. I've been, we know what's been going on yesterday, and it we, just seems like weekly there are issues and concerns and things that we go through, but yesterday just about took the cake. All day long, watching on news I was particularly concerned about Charlottesville, Virginia, simply because my, my first cousin, Philip, me and him almost look just alike. He's a sharp-looking young man. <laughs> just kidding. But he, he's a, a sheriff for Virginia, and he's a, a part of the, the team. Yesterday, it was all geared up. And, all the armor and he was moving through the crowds trying to bring order of course as a family we were worried sick all day long trying to pray for him just praying that not only for that situation but praying for him my, my cousin I grew up with him my whole life very close to his family and so we were praying and I was watching the news and we were trying to get in touch with him nobody could get in touch with him he was too busy and so we're texting and I'm texting and Philip I'm praying for you I just want you to know you're on my heart you're on my mind I'm watching the news but I'm praying for you and I'm praying that God will bring peace to this situation and finally around Marty about 7.30 I heard from him he texted me back and he said he said hey cousin he said I'm doing fine he said it's been a tough day he said but you know he says I feel like God has been there and I feel like the prayers have been something awesome and then he shared something yeah, hold on to your clapping because you're fixing to go crazy he said, I'm thankful for the prayers. He said, you know, we were very concerned. We got through the day and we were just gearing up because all of the different groups that were protesting and fighting, you know, a, a car went through a crowd and mowed down a few people. One lady was killed. A helicopter crashed and burned with a couple of the officers in them. I mean, it was just a day of violence and hatred, horror. And he said, we got through the day and we were worried because all the groups broke off and they were going to different parts of the city and they were planning on a big night 
He said, if you thought it was bad in the day, it was going to be terrible last night. And he said, but, he said, but prayers answered. He said, it started to rain. He said, and then it started to downpour. And he said, it ran them all out. Then they all went home. <laughs> How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. Somebody would say, well, God was a little late, wasn't he? Never. You know, man makes his own way, the Bible says. How many of you know we're, we're free to make our own plans and to do our own thing? Man rebels, turns his back on God and does his thing, causes violence. But you know what I've noticed? I've noticed that God sometimes... He stops and he says, you know what? That's far enough. That's enough. You're not allowed to go any further. And he'll do whatever he's got to do to protect his people. When his people are involved and when his people need him, God always comes right on time and comes to the rescue of his people. That's God and that's what makes him great. Somebody says, well, I wish he'd just set us all down and make us behave. He will. He will. But in the meantime, we'll, like Paul, we'll fight the good fight. We'll finish the race and we'll keep the faith. And we won't let a devil in hell or anything else keep us from it. Now, I don't know. They've all got their reasons. They've all got their arguments for why they're all reacting so violently. I'm going to tell you what. How many of you know? Sitting down at a table isn't going to fix anything. The answer to this world is still the same as it's always been. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the answer for this world. That's the message they need to hear. I want to get down there in the middle with a bullhorn, and I want to start yelling at every not yelling, but talking nicely to everybody there. And I want to let them know the peace you're seeking, the, the love that you're asking for, the, the diplomacy and all of that that you're wanting, that you're desperate for, it can indeed be found, but it's through Jesus Christ, his hand on their lives, his love in their hearts. That's what will bring the peace for this world. And we know we're in the last days. How many of you know the Lord is coming? The Bible said perilous times before he comes, but we know that we, the children of God, are protected because we have angels that go before us and behind us. They encamp round about us, and they're protecting his people and his work around the world. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. So as we pray, we're going to pray for the state of Israel. We're going to pray for the United States of America. We're going to pray for the kingdom work all around the world, missionaries that are busy in every corner of this earth. And we, the church, 
are going to stand up and be the church. Because we're not here to make a big display out there for them. We are here to make a big display, a a manifestation of the power of God out there. Amen? Our job is to pray. Our job is to stand and to fight the good fight of the kingdom. So let's pray right now. Father, as we come to you, we come doing spiritual battle. We ask you to minister, Lord, to broken hearts and lives. Lord, we know they're so angry on every side. They're so bitter and full of hatred. We ask you to minister your peace, your love, your joy. Somehow get a clarion message. Somehow bring someone into the midst of their crowds and bring the message alive. God, we pray for ambassadors. We pray for missionaries. We pray for them to God. Have that anointing that will make a difference wherever there is need. God, let men and women in the United States understand the strength they desire, the peace they seek after. It is only found in you. Let us truly, God, be a church that is on our prayer knees asking for the work of God to be accomplished and done. And Lord, we pray today for the state of Israel. We're asking God that you will protect her on every border, that you will, Lord, bless her with your peace. And we pray, God, for the good of Israel. We ask for the blessing of Israel, and we pray it today in the name of Jesus Christ. Bless those messianic Uh, missionaries, those workers in that beautiful country and all around the world that are bringing the message of Christ, every missionary, every country, every heart and life. We ask for the kingdom work to go forward. Your will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. And we pray this prayer in the mighty, matchless, powerful name of Jesus Christ. And everyone together said amen and put our hands together and give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, the power of God is real. The power of God is real. So we're thankful today. You may be seated. Isn't that wonderful about 20 folks getting saved at the jail ministry? That was wonderful. Amen. Nine people received Christ last weekend in our services here at Stratford Heights. That's 29. If we just had one more, we'd have 30. We're thankful. You know why I talk about that? Because I believe we ought to keep score. The devil's taking them out by every minute. Somebody else is being ripped away from faith and ripped away from life. But every time someone comes to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the church celebrates with the angels of God. The Bible says the angels celebrate over one that comes. And I believe that every time there's one, two, 29 heaven is having a wonderful celebration and we're a part of that and that's awesome our wrestlers are getting ready to serve you and as they do i wanted to bring something up to you i wanted to thank you i was worried you know we had this idea you see i'm going to tell the story you ready for the story here we go i miss the church dinners i miss them i miss standing in line to get sister so-and-so's potato casserole I miss the beans and the chicken, and the chicken and the more chicken. (laughs) Church of God people eat lots of chicken. But you know, our church had gotten to the place where in this service and next service, tonight's service, we've grown so much that the church dinners became almost impossible. Well, 
they became impossible. The last time we did it, we were determined. I was determined. Everyone kept saying, Pastor Ray, we can't do this. I mean, it's just, it's too much. I'm like, no, we're going to do it. God saved the queen and God saved church dinners. We're going to do this. Well, the line was clear out the gym, into the hall, down this hall, and all the way back to the choir room. And it took them almost an hour and a half to two hours to get to the food. And when the ones at the end of the line got there, almost all of it was gone. And what was left was cold. They came to me and they said, can't do them anymore. And I was just like, well, we got to find a way. So we, we think we have. We are planning what you've seen and advertised, and many of you signed up for, is the, the pastor's picnic. It's not my picnic, it's the pastor's, as in all of us pastors. We're, we're having a picnic with you. And we've divided the congregation up. We're, we're having so many come at each picnic. And I thought, and I said to Janelle, I don't know that we'll have enough for one picnic. Let me know if we can get one picnic. Well, she says, are you kidding me? The list is so full, it's all the way through the end of the year. People want to come to the picnic. So I thought that was exciting. And so what we're doing is we're taking the picnic and we're dividing it up. We're going to do not one picnic. We're going to do as many picnics as we need to do. And we're going to have them all lined up. And we're going to you know, put you with certain people that we know you like and, and people that you fellowship with. Like, for instance, I may put a young adult. Uh, over here with a, a bunch of other young adults and they'll have their picnic and then I'll, I'll put some of us some of us who are middle age somebody told me the other Mike told me the other day he said you're 55 now I'm your pastor <laughs> he's senior adults I'm not I was like no I'm not ready to cross that line yet but technically I am I got my application for the golden buckeye card and for the AARP whatever <laughs> but we're wanting to put we're going to demographically put you together with your friends and with people you're comfortable with so trust us on that and know that we're going to be sending you Janelle will be sending you a date and that'll be the date that you're signed up for the picnic of course if that can't work just call her and she'll put you on another one but we'll have several picnics throughout this year and uh, we're going to cover as many as we can it's our way of saving the church dinner everyone who agrees that that's awesome just do something you know Awesome. All right. So I wanted to explain because I think uh, some folks thought or maybe thought that the first picnic was the only picnic. And if you didn't get on that, you weren't coming to one. But no, you are. We've got you down. So we'll get you at, at one of the picnics that has people that, that you can uh, sit in fellowship with. Our ushers are coming, and as they're ready to serve you now, I thank you. I thank you for your gifts and how you help Stratford Heights to stay uh, on the front line of ministry, not only in our community, but the community we help serve around the world. I had a gentleman say something to me, and he's heard me say this a couple of times now, so he about smiles and puts his head down, knowing I'm going to do this, but he said something to me that was so important about our church. You know, I love this church. Anybody who knows me knows I do. I think I'm one of the biggest fans been here since I was 18 years old and I love it I love being part of the Church of God is it perfect no but I love it I love its history I love its heritage I love our heritage 102 years and I'm proud to be a part of this congregation thankful 
that while this is not the only church, this is one of God's churches. And I'm thankful for our home church. He said to me, he said, he came back to the meet and greet, and I thought about it all week. He said, you know, Pastor, and he kind of had tears in his eyes, he said, you said something about your desire for our church being that we, that we pursue and we obtain and we get to the presence of God. He said, you pray that, that we always will know the presence of God in our services. And I said, yes, absolutely. And he looked at me and he said, every time I walk in the door, I feel the presence of God. He said, that's what I love about this church. And when he said that, I got choked up. He got choked up and I went home and, and I was like, Lord, that's it. That's what we want. There are lots of churches you could go to where the programs are bigger. They have more lights and they have more stuff and I'm sure better preachers. But man, we know that when we can come together and we have the presence of God, that's the ticket. That's what distinguishes us from perhaps other churches. It's what includes us with other churches who are doing what God wants them to do. I think that's the gauge, that the presence of God is here. And I'm thankful for that today. I'm thankful that he is in our midst. He said, if you come together in my name, I'll be there. And he sure proves that every time we come together. Already this morning, already this morning, I've had people testify to me. Lady came down for prayer and she spoke about a prayer we prayed last week and she said it came through just like we prayed. How many of you love answered prayers? I love answered prayers. Sister Jane, I, I have, a, I have a, a, a little framed photo at home, Angel Rashir gave to me, and it just says answered prayers on it, and I'm writing. Every time I get an answer to prayer, I'm writing on it. I've got the thing halfway filled up already. I'm keeping score. I'm keeping score on that, not only souls, but on answered prayers and asking God to be with us. And I love to see the manifested power of God in his house and among his people. Amen? Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, we thank you. Thank you for the privilege of being in your house today. This is not our house, it's yours. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for answered prayers. We thank you that you're here and you've met among us and you will continue to touch in this service. I pray that you will bless every gift. Thank you for those who are faithful to pay their tithe. Thank you for those that give to missionaries around the world. We bless your name. We want to be used by you and we honor you today. For it's in the powerful, mighty, matchless name of Jesus Christ we pray. And everybody together said amen. God bless you. Let your power overflow, by your grace I 
Let's give him more praise. Let's give him great praise this morning. The Bible says, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be something, Rick, wouldn't it be something if we were just overwhelmed by the presence of the Holy Ghost? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we were gathered together, this many folks in here today, and a, a wave of the glory of God would just begin to flood through this house? How many of you believe the power of God, the presence of the Lord is here? He can do that. He can do it. I believe that he's here today. I wanna, I'm hungry for, the, for a move of the Holy Ghost. I'm hungry for us to just not go through the motions. I'm hungry for there to be more and more answered prayers for you to testify and come into God's house and say, He heard me and delivered me out of every trial and trouble. I'm ready to see the victories of God. How many of you know He wants a victorious church? He doesn't want you sitting back all down and grumpy and mean. He don't want you sitting back judgmental. Man, you know, when you've got problems and when you're praying about serious things, you don't have time to watch me. 
You don't have time to look at your brother and your sister on your left and right. You take your eyes off of people when you start getting your eyes on Jesus. When you get your mind in the right place and your priorities right, you'll start living a victorious life with no regrets. That's what I'm preaching on today. No regrets. I'm telling you, the church needs a stirring. I grew up in Pentecost. I understand and know the power of God. I know what happens when, you, when he is completely pleased with people. I know what happens when the Spirit of God is present and the people have come together in unity. And when that happens, man, there is a rainstorm of the glory of God that falls. How many of you grew up that way? You know what I'm talking about. The power of the Holy Ghost. I want to see him pleased with people. I want to see him pleased with what's happening. I don't want you pleased with me. I want you pleased with him. I want you to come saying, I'm pleased that God was with us. I'm, I'm proud of God and his work. I want to talk this morning about no regrets. No regrets. Taking a scripture from Romans. I don't know how long I'm going to be in Romans. I love the book of Romans. Of all the books in the Bible, I love them all. But man, the book of Romans is powerful stuff. If you read, if you want a book that you want to read and you want to study, it talks, it literally lays out a theology and lays out the plan of salvation. It talks about the fall all the way to, to Christ and our overcoming strength through him. I'm telling you, the book of Romans is your book. If you want to read something that will bless you, I'm telling you, there are things in the book of Romans that will just knock your socks off. Romans, if you read the end of it, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No. We know what it says in Romans chapter 8 and 28. It says, For we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. In all these things, Romans 8 and 37, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. When we don't know what to pray, the Spirit prays for us. Romans 8 and 26, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we are ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Then it goes on in verse 11, it even says, the same powerful Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead shall be in us and will raise us up. Can you heart? I mean, you didn't even hear me, did you? You're like, yeah, I got the same power that resurrected Christ. Wow, are you kidding? It says in Romans 8 and 31, it says, and we know this. If God be for us, who can be against us? I mean, if that doesn't stir you up this morning, your wood is wet. The power of God, that's just one chapter. That's just one. You don't even know. You don't even know. The text I want to read right now, and I'll let you sit down, is Romans 8 and 1. There is therefore... Therefore is always an interesting word because it means what you just talked about. And if you go back to Romans 7, the therefore, you find out that Paul is saying, Derek, he's saying, 
The things I would do, I don't do. The things I hate, those are the things I do. He goes on to talk about being a slave to sin and the law and having all this confusion and this civil war going on inside. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who can save me from this death? Then he says, ah, I thank my God through Jesus Christ. I am delivered and free, and I am more than a conqueror. Amen. Then he says, so therefore, because of that, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but walk in the Spirit. Woo-wee. That's good stuff. I'll tell you what, I, I'm just going to have to get back to preaching. Because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, that's enough to shout on for the next two hours and let's not do another thing. That's enough for us to have a dance and a celebration in the Spirit. That's enough for us to shout and give victorious praise to the Lord all afternoon long. I want Him to know, I know who He is. He's a great big God. There's nothing too little. There's nothing too big. He's an awesome, mighty God. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of us to lay down our self-righteousness and give Him the righteousness of Christ back that He's given to us. Amen. How many of you know you're not here today because you're so good? Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you're not here today because you're, you earned it. Because you're smart enough. You studied enough. You're so intelligent. You ain't here for none of that. As a matter of fact, the Bible says your righteousness is as filthy rags. You don't have any. But like Paul, we say, who can save me? Jesus comes running to the rescue. And he says, Father, as you and I are one, you have given them to me. And I'm going to bring them to you. He is our mediator, our bridge, our intercessor, our advocate. He's our bridge to God. And we have come to know Christ through, through his sacrifice and blood. And we have come to know redemption today because of him. We've been made worthy by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that you will help us today, challenge us, talk to us by your Holy Spirit. And let your work be accomplished in the lives of your church. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. No sentence of guilt. No more bondage to those who are in Christ A new freedom from guilt, from the restraints of the sinful nature. Therefore, going forward, we now have no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. I mean, we've had them in our lives, haven't we? I have. You have. We've made wrong decisions. We've went down the wrong road. Or we've we've done things that we didn't. You know, we didn't necessarily, you know, we weren't proud of. And in our lives, in the flesh, we've, we've come across a few regrets in our lives. Perhaps 
you haven't spent time with family or friends, or maybe you more committed to, to you wanted to be more committed to ministry or more faithful to God's house. You, you've had these intentions and you didn't get to necessarily follow through on those things. And so you find yourself living in regret. Maybe there have been some flat out sinful things you've done in your past and they stand as things you regret today. Living with no regrets doesn't mean you don't have a few. What I've learned about living with God is that this statement, there's therefore now no condemnation, means that he is the one who can redeem regrets from our past. He can take every regret we've ever had or every regret that's coming down the pike, and God can redeem every one of them. You and I can live with no regrets. That's the good life. That's the good life. That's the over, overcoming, conquering life. When we live with no regrets, I've had a few regrets. I've experienced some of them. Yeah, I bought a Saturn years ago. Now, if you love Saturns and you bought one and you still drive one today, God bless you. I bought my Saturn. I didn't realize or know that you could take it back if you didn't like it. So I drove it off the lot impulsively. It was a, a brand new car, and I thought, how could it not be great? It'll be awesome. It looked like a little, it was a little SC2, so it was kind of sportsy looking. And so I was just like, yeah, this is awesome. So I got in it, and I drove the 28 miles to my house. And as I got there, about 15 miles in, I was like, I hate this car. It didn't feel good. My back was starting to hurt. It seemed like I was all wrapped up in it. It was not fun. I didn't like it. I didn't know I could take it back, so I had it for eight years. And every day, I didn't like it. It broke down all the time. No offense if you were a Saturn dealer. God bless you. Mine was a lemon. Eight years, finally, of all the different times it broke down, it finally broke down on the side of the road. I was so upset. I got out of the car. I looked at it. I kicked the tire, and I slammed the door, and I walked home, left it on the side of the road, got home, called the dealer, and I said, I want a new car. I said, there is a car sitting out here on route such and such, and I said, if you'll go pick it up, that's my trade-in. I don't ever want to see it again, and the guy was like, wow, are you serious? I said, I don't want to see it. If you'll just pick it up, whatever you give me is fine. Well, I'm sure we'll come up with something. I said, I don't care what you give me. I just don't want to ever see it again. I said, and by the way, do you know what you get when you take the UR out of Saturn? He said, no. I said, Satan. <laughs> I said, I hate this car. I don't like this car. I see Saturn's on the road to this day, and I'm like, huh. I regret that car. I regretted that purchase. I wish I'd never done. I've had restaurant regret. Have you ever had that? I am the guy. I can't make a decision. Do not give me a menu that has 10 pages on it because I am sitting there forever. And finally, I just pick one. I just, my problem is I have restaurant regret. Maybe you've ever never had that. Restaurant regret is that when I'm with a group of people and I've ordered mine and it comes, I look at everyone else's plate and wish I had theirs. Sometimes I go look at other people's plates in the restaurant I don't know. And I'll say, what was that? What did you get? And they're like, tell me. And I'm like, oh, I wanted that. And they feel guilty. They're like, you want it? What? <laughs> I've had restaurant regret. We've all had our regrets. Terrible choices, times, things we did, words we spoke, friends. 
friends we love, we've let down. Some big, some small, some benign, some malignant, some serious issues, some betrayals. We've all lived with what if. What if these two little haunting words that come flying into our ears or into our mind. What if we'd just done this? Or what if we'd just done that? What if we'd taken this turn? What if we hadn't done that? Or what if we had said this? So many different things in our lives that stand between us and living a life of no regret. I want to live and I want my life to be about living with no regrets. I remember, and I've shared this with you before, but for those who've never heard it before and maybe you even need reminded, let me share a time when I, I knew I had no regrets and that's what meant the world to me. Leaving Miami Valley Hospital and the night my mother passed away, walking across the breezeway into the Apple Street garage with all of my family, all of us, there were about 25 or 30 of us and we were walking silently over to the garage to get in our cars and go back to my dad's house. We'd said goodbye to my mom and I walked down that breezeway and the, it was dusk and the sun was setting and it was a beautiful sky. And I looked up and I looked over at my sister Melissa and I said, I have no regrets. No regrets. I loved her as good as a son could love her. I did everything in my power. I, anything I thought, even thought she needed, I took care of. I have no regrets. I loved that lady and love her to this day with all of my heart. And I did everything in my power to take care of her. And Missy looked at me and she got tears in her eyes. And she said, me too. No regrets. There was such a, a peace and a calm. It felt liberating in my spirit. No regrets. Did the best I could. I want to pursue that in every avenue of my life. I want to have that in my mind and my spirit. And especially when I stand before God. When I get there, I don't want to just be like, oh, if I little cabin in glory lord i just hope i get in hey no i want to walk in i want to say where are we at what's going on i want to walk in lord no regrets i did everything i could I did everything I could to be obedient. I did everything I could to be surrendered. I, I didn't do this in my own strength. I knew there was no goodness in me. I was thankful for the blood of Calvary. I was thankful that I cared enough about the truth that I witnessed to everyone I knew, everywhere I went. I tried my best. I want to live my life so that when I stand before him, the words that come out of my mouth are going to be no regrets. I don't want there to be something I should have done, something I should have said, a place I should have been. I want to make sure I'm living out this thing. I want to agree with Paul when he felt that way on his deathbed. How amazing when he looked up at his son Timothy in the Lord and he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. Therefore, there stands waiting for me a crown of righteousness at that day. And not to me only, but to you, Tim, and to everyone else who loves his appearing. Man, that guy had no regrets. He stood before God 
And he knew that he knew that he knew he had done it right. I want to do it right. Uh, there are a lot of churches, a lot of doctrines, a lot of theology. We need to make sure we're concerned with what thus says the Word of God. Because when I stand before the Word, before I stand before Christ, when I stand in there, His judgment, He will not say, well, were you Church of God? Were you Baptist? Well, were you first church, second church, or third church? No. He will say, when I see you, I see the blood of my son and the covering and the forgiveness of him, the wonderful redemption of him. And you belong to the church of the living God. I want to stand before him with no regrets. I don't want to make the mistake of living my life following after men and teachings of men. I, do, I challenge you as a church, don't you dare follow me. Only follow me, Paul said, as I follow Christ. Only follow me as I teach the word of God. And as the scriptures are here, like it or lump it. You can be happy with it or not happy, but that's your problem. I'm going to make sure we're standing on the rock Christ Jesus when he comes. No regrets. No regrets. Now along the way, that means some, some things. That means that we're not always going to agree, and that's okay. You can buy me a stick and tell me how sorry you are. I'm just kidding. But I ain't got time to worry about all that. I just, I want to spend my time getting a hold of God and his presence. Here's what I've learned. If I can get in on the presence of God, Jamie, if I can find the presence of God, then I know I'm all right. I may not have your pleasure. I may not please you. You may not be happy with me, but at the end of the day, sorry for you. All I care about in the whole world is that when I get down on my knees early in the morning and I say, Lord, I feel his presence. And he begins to speak to me and touch my life. That's all I care about. When I get up and I start seeing where I've called upon him like David did, he said, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me. When I start adding up my scores on answered prayers and I start seeing the victory coming around, I don't need the approval of man. I've got the approval of God. That's all I care about in the whole world. And that's what you and I got to have. No regrets when we stand before the throne of God. I want to stand there ready. I want to stand there waiting. I want to stand there, call my name, call my name. I want to hear my name called out. I want to know that it's there. The angels of God are going to stand off to the side and bow themselves down as the redeemed of the Lord come walking through towards that wonderful place of judgment because we know when we stand before his throne, we hear our name, we know. We've come by way of the blood, by way of the cross. And that truth is enough, man. It, it burns in my spirit and touches our hearts together. That's what distinguishes us from all the people out there that are trying to do it in their own strength. I said last week they have this Burger King kind of religion. They want to do it their own way. You know what way I want to do it? I want to do it the Calvary way. I want to do it the blood way. I want to do it through Christ, the only omnipotent Lord. I, I wrestle with folks so many times that want to talk about how you get to heaven and one person shared with me that they just feel like, like God respects all religions. And everybody goes to heaven. There are so many ways to get to him. I'm like, wow. Then I guess he was really dramatic in coming down 
dying on a cross, suffering, being beaten, carrying the sin of the entire world, praying it through the night before, standing as they sentenced him to death for the whole world, went to the cross and died on the cross, went down into the caverns of hell and took back the keys to death, hell, and the grave, came back up, ascended from his resurrection to the right hand of the Father and is there interceding. He sure did go to a whole lot of trouble if I could have went by way of a Mustang. If I could have went some other way, then he sure went to a lot of drama. How many of you know this morning he went to a lot of trouble because that was the one way we could be saved through Calvary's cross, the old rugged cross. That's what made the difference in my life. That's what will turn you around. So don't buy into the philosophies the world is trying to sell you. Don't even buy into the philosophies the modern church is trying to sell you. It's a scary time as I talk and look to people who are transferring out or, or I'll see somebody I've known from a long time and they'll tell me about their new church and how you know we don't, we don't teach any of that, that condemning stuff. We don't teach any of that judgment. We just, we just grace and love and everybody's good and love wins and it's all great and awesome and and I'm like, wow, you know, everything I know about the word tells me that preaching of the cross is offense. It brings offense. It's a stumbling block to some because it's a powerful and it's a sacrificial and it's actually a pretty gory and horrific scene when you think about what he did. But because Jesus lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he brought salvation to my heart and soul, I now have redemption. So I know it's a bloody path that leads to Calvary, but it's a golden path that leads to gold in heaven when I trust in him as my Savior. Moses prayed the prayer and he said, teach us, Psalm 90 and verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Do you even know how powerful that is? Teach us, Lord, to number our days, to count every second, every minute, to make sure we're taking life serious and we're not taking minutes, families, friends, circumstances for granted. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom so important that you and I understand the brevity of life. That we understand the brevity of life. If you knew today was your very last day on earth. And can I remind you that for some, for many, for all of us, a day like that does come. Your last day does come. But if today was the last day, what would you need to fix? What would you need to go take care of? What would you need to mend? Who would you need to call? And what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? If you don't know what they did to me, who cares? Well, I just... They got to come to me. Really? Good luck with that. So they'll be the ones with no regrets and you will. Because you see, I don't think that when we come to the end of our lives, it will be 
that we have our greatest regret in the things that we did. It'll be from the things we didn't do that we should have. Relationships, people, passion, love, ministry. What should you be doing? The Bible talks about the sins of commission and the sins of omission. Theologically, spiritually, that's a way of saying the things you should do, things you shouldn't do. The things we should do, you know what that comes back to? It comes back to a beautiful word we don't hear very often, but you're going to hear it today. Trent, it's a word that a lot of churches don't preach these days. Obedience. my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves pray seek my face turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land if if We have to, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus has been raised from the dead, then, then we'll be saved. Obedience. Something's required of us, Jamie. Something's required. We forget that. It's not that God is trying to be difficult or hard. He just wants us on that narrow path of purity, righteousness, holiness. Holiness. You see, holiness is not, in our church, see, we come from a very conservative old background where you wouldn't believe it if you were here 30 years ago. 30 years ago, no makeup for the women. <laughs> or the men, but <laughs> no makeup, no jewelry, do not cut your hair, do not wear pants. I mean, that was our church. I remember I was in the service when a pastor was all fired up. I will not name him, Brother Sergeant. I will not name him. <laughs> As long as I'm pastor of this church, there'll not be any of that jewelry up in that choir. And everybody was like, amen. <laughs> Woo. See, for a long, long, long time, holiness was a list of things you don't do. It was this long list. Some things you do, some things you don't do were this big. And in that process, as long as you fulfilled the list, you were good. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. And I'm just, just going to tell you, some of the folks that looked the most holy. Oh, you don't even know where I'm going. I'm talking they had a Ph.D. They could have had birds nesting in it. It was so big. 
They had a PhD. They had no makeup, no jewelry, no pants. They wore a dress down to their ankles, and they walked in looking like Mother Teresa had just gotten saved in the church of God. And yet they were the biggest gossipers and dividers you ever saw and met in your life. Not all of them. There was some precious, precious, wonderful, godly people back then. But you couldn't tell the difference. You couldn't tell the difference. Sister McCoy, you're a pastor's wife. You, you know, you, you couldn't tell the difference. But I've come to learn and come to understand that a godly heart is, is a inward holiness that, that is so beautiful. It transmit outwardly. I mean, I've seen some, some folks that I knew, I see them and I say, wow, their holiness, I can tell. I can tell by the way they talk, I can tell by the attitude they got. Their heart was so pure and sweet, and I'd be like, ah, you go to church. Yes, I do, I knew it. There's a holiness that, that, that a holiness where, Brother Sergeant used to preach this too, he'd say, I wanna preach holiness to draw you in, not run you off. Holiness that, that touches our hearts and transforms us from the inside out. Then we make changes that are necessary on the outside. I'm not saying we shouldn't be modest. I'm not saying we shouldn't care about those things. But in some respects, we, we've gone from one extreme to the other. I think we ought to be real careful that we look very decent and we look very, very uh, modest in everything we do from our talk to the places we go into the things that we wear. I think we need to be careful about those things. And we need to look and represent holiness in everything that we do. But at the same time, we need to get our eyes off the list and get them back on Christ. And let him be the one that perfects the author and the finisher of our faith. We need to let him clean us up. We need to let him sanctify us. We need to let him show us what's going on. The Holy Ghost will teach you much better than a theological doctrine. And it'll be real, and it'll be right, and it'll be powerful. And that's what I want. It's just an idea of, of getting away from the focus on things that we shouldn't, you know, the list of things we shouldn't do to a, a wonderful way of looking to God and His Spirit and saying, Lord, you lead me. I'm an open book before you. No regrets. Good news, though. I believe with all my heart that God wants us to have that powerful, wonderful spirit of no regret in our life. It starts and ends with, I'm gonna close in just a few minutes if they would get ready to help me. It starts with an understanding of who God really is. And I love that we sang these songs. I didn't get with Missy on any of these songs today, but how great is our God in all the ways that they sang over and over again about the greatness and the goodness of Almighty God. When Paul said what he did, I thank my God that Jesus Christ, that he's the one who liberates me, he's the one that helps me. That truth right there, understanding God. You know, most of our problems are not circumstantial, they're perceptual. We forget how big God is. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm carrying. You don't know what my pain is about. I know. 
I'm sure it's real and I've got pain too. I've got things in my life. I understand I'm going through the sludge and the mud of this world. I live in here trying to be victorious. I understand what it's like. I leave a lot of hospital ERs and I've gone to a lot of funerals and done them. I've been there. I know what it is to say goodbye to loved ones. I understand the pain of living in this life. But what I've learned is that through it all, through it all, he's there and he's a mighty and an awesome God of peace and calm and he brings my sorrow into a place of dancing and laughing and joy. He takes care of every circumstance of my life. He's been working on me since before the worlds were framed. He's been working on my life and your life. He's got a contingency plan for every circumstance of your life. He already is not working on it. He's not coming up with it tomorrow. He's not coming up with it even today. He's been working on you since before you were ever born. He knows your beginning from your end. He knows all of it. He is the one that's going to finish the work that he's already started in you. And God is going to make sure. Jesus says, I'm going to present you faultless before my Father. And when I do, that victory will be yours through him. Do you believe that today? Hallelujah. Stand with me. The caterpillar. I'm going to end with the caterpillar. He has no idea when his mind and his body and his eyeballs and all of his many feet are attached to the world. Attached to his circumstances, if you will. Attached to everything that's happening here. He has no idea that his biggest problem that's coming, the biggest problem of his life, he starts all of a sudden, he's getting all wrapped up in his circumstances. He's getting completely covered up. Feels like he's drowning. He's getting to the place where it's going to cover up his face and he's completely wrapped up and he's pushing on the sides. He's pushing, trying to get free. And he's like, this thing's going to kill me. This is this problem. It's going to overtake me. My life as a caterpillar is over. As he pushes, he pushes and he strengthens, he begins to metaphor and change. His problem has caused him now to gain strength in some of those legs that have now spread out. And all of a sudden, his problems have transformed and changed everything until suddenly he kicks out a little bit from that cocoon and that stuff that's had him all wrapped up and he starts ripping it apart and when he gets out of there he has a whole new life and a whole new circumstance he's flying high and looking beautiful like he never dreamed he could look let me tell you what the devil means to bury you with God is going to cause you to fly he's going to give you wings hallelujah Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Nothing will overtake me. Nothing will bury me. Nothing will, will destroy me. And if it's peril, if it's nakedness, if it's the devils in hell, no 
no creature anywhere on this earth will ever separate me from the love of my Father God. I am free right now in his name. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. If you want no regrets, if you want to live your life, no regrets, I'm going to fight and I'm going to hold on to my faith and I'm going to finish. I'm not going to stop somewhere and lay down now. I am going to get all the way across. I want you to get out and come to the altar as quickly as you can. You're not saying that to me. You're saying to God, Lord, I'm coming to the finish line. I'm coming all the way across. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. Why don't you very politely, if you're standing, why don't you just slip a hand on someone's shoulder standing beside of you, begin to pray for one another, intercede for our brothers and sisters on every side. If you're standing back, would you stretch your hands towards the altar? Would you receive strength and power right where you are? God wants to touch your life, wants to minister in your need. You felt like, man, I've been hanging on to regrets. I'm afraid things aren't going to work out. I don't know what God's doing. Come on, just lift your hands. Give him glory and honor and trust him. He's going to see you all the way through. He's going to take you across. God is with you this morning. He's with you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. Holy Spirit of God, we honor you, Lord. Hallelujah. We honor your presence here today, God. I pray for every family, every husband and wife. I pray, Lord, for every child. I pray for the people that are here today that need your touch. God, they've gone through the, the trials. They've gone through the troubles. Lord, some of the regrets we have are our own fault. But God, we're standing here today like David, like Moses. We're standing here like Joshua, just needing your strength, needing your power to carry us on and complete the story that you've already started in us. Touch your people today. Minister, Lord, in our hearts a spirit of no regret, a spirit of no, no defeat. God, we are victorious through you, and we thank you this morning. We honor you. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, very quickly, if you're here today and you say, I don't know, Jesus is my Savior. I don't want to leave here today without him in my heart and life. I want to accept him into my heart. If you're here and that's you, would you just shoot your hand way up in the air and we're going to pray for you today. Are you here? You'd say, I need Jesus this morning. Pastor, pray for me. Are you here? God bless you. Amen. Is there anyone else? I want to accept Christ into my life this morning. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. We're going to pray with you today. These that have lifted their hands, we're going to pray now with them. We're going to pray a simple prayer that accepts Christ into your life. 
Before you leave here today, I want your life to be transformed and changed by His power to begin a new life of living no regrets. That's you. So let's pray this prayer together. Would you help me, church? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I confess you are Lord. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You are the Son of God. Be the Lord of my life. I accept you now. Forgive me for every sin. As I surrender my life to you, I pray it in Jesus' name. According to your word, I'm born again and I'm saved. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. What an incredible word that we've heard this morning. Can we just appreciate the pastor for the great word this morning? I've always believed that there is no price, no price you could put on the word of God. We want to pray here as we're getting ready to go. We want to mention that we do have a lot of our uh, young folks that are going off to college this week. Several people will be going to Lee. We have some different folks that are going to different universities. And we just, wait a minute, this just in. I just glanced over and I made a promise several weeks ago and I don't want to have my life, I don't want to live my life with regrets. So I want to fulfill a promise that I made. Diane, Kyle, congratulations. These folks got engaged and they're gonna get married. So proud of them. I told them, I said, I'm gonna tell the whole church. And now, a couple weeks have went by, a few weeks. And so I'm fulfilling that promise. We're proud of them, we're happy for them, and we're gonna pray for them. How many are gonna pray for them as they get ready to get married? We're excited for you and we love you very much. Amen. So we want to remember these that are going off to college. Also, if you prayed a sinner's prayer today, if you just prayed with the pastor a few moments ago, we would like to give you a gift. You can meet right across the lobby here at the Strat Groups table with uh, Melissa Graw. She would love to give you some information as you have started your journey with Christ. We're going to pray over our folks that are going to be going off to college. We're going to dismiss the service. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we honor you and thank you, Lord, for the great word that you have given us. You delivered through our pastor. We appreciate so much that you love us, that you care for us, that you go with us through the journey so much that you made it possible that we could have no regrets, that we could live a life free to honor you and to be blessed by you and to be a blessing. We pray that you would just be with us this week, especially with all those who are going off to college. We just pray, Lord, that you would encourage them, that you would bless them, protect them, and watch over them open doors of opportunity for them and just be with them. Let them go in your love and your care and with us in their hearts. And Lord, we just give you the rest of today and this week. We just pray that you would just bless it and watch over it. And Lord, use us and anoint us to be a light to this world. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you all. We'll be here at 6 o'clock tonight. Go and have a wonderful afternoon.